everyone. Welcome back to the Wisdom Collective. I'm Adam Crowell, and today I'm here with Will Roosh. Will, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Nice to meet you, like, in person, finally, Adam. Yeah, yeah. We've been doing, we've been doing some social media back and forth. I've been just following along because you're, you're super active on social media. I got connected to you through actually someone else I was interviewing um, after we got done talking. I was mentioning Jonathan Hyde and some, just kind of my interest in Head of Docs Academy and that kind of thinking. And he was like, do you know who Will Roosh is? I was like, I have and I just, I didn't know you. I had no idea. I was like, no, I don't know who he is. So he shared your profile to me and I was like, hey, this guy's like right in my wheelhouse. Like we have a lot of overlapping interests and that's why I wanted to talk to you today. I think this is going to be less of an interview and more of a conversation. So cool. uh, yeah, I'm down. Yeah, man. Well, uh, let's give you a little bit of a bio if that's okay. Um, so you've been, uh, you've been doing a lot of stuff online and social media. That's how I came across you, but you have a nine to five and stuff. What do you do for work? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a high school teacher in Los mm -hmm. Angeles. I teach social studies. So right now I'm teaching, excuse me, uh, U.S. history, uh, government economics. And then I wrote a civics class. It's my second year doing it. Um, I'm at a, a private school where I'm allowed to do this now. And the civics class is really like, it's heterodox ideas. So it's, it's a lot mm -hmm. of just challenging thinking, different perspectives and getting people civically engaged in all of the ways that you can just to try and make, you know, society a little bit better. It's, it's, it's awesome. I love my job. That's really awesome. Do. That's yeah. great. So high school level, you said, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, um, I mean, let's get into some of this. So let's get into some of what you've been doing on social media. Um, I don't know where we want to start there. You, you've been doing so much that I'm so I'm impressed by it, but I'm also like, I'm trying to take notes too, man. Cause I think, if more people engage, not just online, but especially in social media, the way that you are, it could have, uh, I hate to like overstate it, but it could have a really cool ripple effect that could really change how we do social media if more people did it the way that you're doing it. So let's unpack some of what you're doing there in that space. Cause I think there is maybe even some overlap between what you were just talking about, about civics and, and trying to come up with like, how do we be a better citizen or, or yeah, a citizen in general, right? One who's actually participating in society. And you're doing that on social media. It's so cool. So let's talk about some of it. So something I saw you do is like, um, if someone like snaps at you in comments, which happens to every one of us, if we ever engage on social media, instead of just snapping back, um, or and not saying you don't have like your own opinions or convictions, but you might say, hey, here's my opinion. But actually, th these conversations are way better in person. So can we do a, can we do an Instagram live and talk about this particular topic? So like, what's going on there? Is that something when did you start doing that? Like, what's going on? I don't know when I started doing it. I mean, a couple of months ago, that's fairly recent. Um, I think it started after the George Floyd stuff. Well, okay. The reason I went on social media to begin with, it's actually really uncomfortable, uncomfortable for me to like talk into my phone. Like it's not, I don't, I didn't really have a social media. I might've had a Facebook. I don't even, maybe I had an Instagram, but I never posted ever or anything like that. But I would come home and tell my wife, like, oh, I did a really cool lesson. I'm doing this and that. And she uh, is a business owner. She owns like a salon and a lot of her promotion and, and sales and stuff are through social media. And she's like, you should start an Instagram. You should start an Instagram. You should do a podcast. You're so interesting. Blah, blah, blah. Expand your classroom, expand your classroom. And I didn't want to do it. And then I finally did about, you know, two and a half years ago, maybe three years ago. Um, I'm just kind of getting a, getting a feel for it more and more. Uh, as I was learning about the, you know, whether it's Jordan Peterson or Jonathan Haidt or, you know, listening to Joe Rogan podcast steers me toward, you know, Eric Weinstein and all these different intellectual people. Um, and then when COVID hit and then George Floyd, it was just like, oh, this is stuff I kind of recognize. I see where it's at. Maybe uh, I'm stuck inside. So maybe I can use social media to, 
to reach out. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot to learn about um, the ideas of systemic racism and things like that. I, you know, I'm like one of those people that was like systemic racism is what it is on the surface and all that kind of stuff. Then I went to the other direction of like, it's not a thing. Show me a law that blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, I'm missing something here. There's a lot of legitimate anger and, and frustration in the world. I want to, I want to learn. So I just asked people, I asked strangers and I was thinking like, like in your phone, you have access to so many people to learn from. What are we doing? Why are we not just learning from one another? So I would make a comment on some, on something. And then someone would say that I'm wrong and I would just engage with them and say, Hey, would you want to talk about it? And then they did. And it's just been so positive. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. almost batting a thousand, like for people who, you know, were angry with me or, or disagree with me. And then we end up being acquaintances. And now they're a voice in my ear saying like, Hey, you're missing this or missing this, or I hope you're doing well. Or it was my son's birthday. And I'd like post just like a thing of their cake. And they're like, Oh, tell your son, happy birthday. Like, <laughs> like Oh, wow. Like this is, this is pretty cool. Like we can use social media is so gross in so many ways and brings out our, our worst elements, our worst tribalism and stuff like that. But Heather Hying, um, Brett Weinstein's wife and the, you know, great biologist in her own right, she, she said something that stuck with me, which is human beings are, are naturally very tribal, but we're also naturally very collaborative. Yes. And like, let's yeah. highlight the collaborative nature and not the tribal nature because social media is not going anywhere. So yeah. let's use it to, to do positive things in the world, I suppose. That's a great perspective, dude, because it's not going anywhere. Like a, an option, and it's not, I'm not um, going to moralize it too hard. It's not, it's not like an altogether right or wrong option. An option is just to say, I'm just going to take like hard breaks regularly, or I'm just going to get off of it. I'm just going to get out of it. Um, but you're right, it's not going anywhere. So is there an opportunity to reform it and fix, or, you know, contribute to making it better or whatever? Maybe. And it looks like you're doing some of that, which is so cool. So cool. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Haidt says, similar to what Heather was saying. He says, we're basically, human beings as creatures are basically 90% bee and 10% chimp. We think of ourselves as like, ah, oh, we're cousins of these great apes or something, and sure. But he's like, we're basically 90% bee because we make these, we're like a super organism. We make these complex societies of interrelatedness and interdependence. And we don't think twice about it. It just works so well, you know? Um, we don't, th unless I'm talking about it right now, so we're thinking about it. But most of our day that we're going around, we're not thinking about how the lights are on, how the HVAC's working, how the walls aren't crumbling in, how like people aren't at the door trying to take over our property all the time. It's like, man, this is bananas. This should not work, but it is. Like we have this ability to be groupish in a good way too. You know? Yeah. I mean, and bees and termites and stuff, they're all what cousins or whatever. They're all mm -hmm. like siblings because they have like the queen, but we don't. So it's really, it's, yeah, it's very strange that we do work so well. We just, we just, believe that that person is going to stop at the red light and we'll be able to walk and they're not going to run us over. Like there's a lot of trust that this is all working really well together. That's something that we, as divided as times are right now, you know, we should always be focusing on like, it's really not that bad. Like it has a potential to be so much worse, but it's, it's, it's not, which is yeah. something that we should pay attention to. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. And dude, uh, before I forget, we're like kindred spirits. I, I originally was going to be uh, my, our, the original education I was doing for two years before I switched toward a ministry role. And I didn't, I didn't have a faith really prior to that. And so that kind of led me to where I'm at and working in ministry now. But before that, I was going to be a social studies teacher. That's what I was doing my education for. And my wife owns a salon and it's like hustling too. So it's great, man. Yeah, it's awesome.
It was yeah, cool to hear you say that. To operate because we're still shut down. And I know. Yeah, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have said that to you in California, man. Yeah. No, it's okay. I mean, we we are. We had like a. I'm not trying to be too judgmental. Our like governor kind of did like a Santa Claus, like you better be nice, or I'm always watching, kind of like pep talk. A few of them saying we might shut you back down again. Watch out. Um, but it didn't end up happening, thankfully. So yeah, we've been able to operate. It's it's really it's worked really well. It has awkwardness to it because of just a lot of the hoops that you, I'm not, the hoops are good. Like they're good for safety. Right. Yeah. But a lot of the hoops that you have to jump through, um, it just adds time and whatever. It's just complicated. But yeah. yeah but the, yeah, the beauty industry definitely has been hit really hard. Gosh, and, and all the industries, uh, majority woman owned and minority owned businesses, you know, yeah. I mean? it just sucks for all the things we're talking about with culture right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what, what industry has more, you know, single moms working it than like, you know, hair and nails and stuff like that. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so dude, um, so getting back on track though, you, uh, you, what you're, what I feel like you're doing, um, this is something that going back to height, something that him and Luke have talked about. I'm, uh, more familiar. I've read, um, the coddling of the American mind, which I'm going to pull an idea from right now, but I'm more familiar with, uh, moral foundations theory and, uh, righteous mind and some of the work that he did before this more popular level book but anyway um and i believe this is in the coddling american mind where he says you know martin luther king uh and others were helping us be on this great track toward like what we might call a common humanity um but so much of the tribal thinking that we're up to right now so that's like good groupishness common humanity like we are a part of a larger group called humanity bad groupishness is tribalism and divisiveness and all the rest and it seems like yeah we can get gamed in either direction so you're trying to break up that like crazy fest not just with these direct conversations you're having but just the output you're putting out content online too so why are you doing this i mean other than you just don't like tribalism but why what are you up to what are you worried about what are you thinking through um so uh i think it's a mix i think partially as you get into teaching because you're trying to, like, all this is going to sound really like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's probably like weird or like um, egotistical or whatever, but you're trying to do good in the world. Like you're trying to make the next generation do better. So, you know, you get that kind of person into teaching, but also, I mean, this is a Christian podcast, right? Uh, I, it's very mixed actually. I mean, I'm a Christian, but yeah, it's, it's a very mixed audience, but yeah, go Yeah. Well, I feel like, I feel like I'm doing God's work. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, there's, it's a really strange kind of thing where, you know, I've been watching this, I've been tracking this, this divisiveness and everything for a while for, you know, coming up on probably close to five years since Nick Christakis was yelled at at Yale and Brett Weinstein was, you know, chased out of um, Evergreen and all that kind of stuff. And now I like, I feel like I understand it to the point where a lot of people are curious, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on? And I kind of do understand what's going on. So um, I kind of feel like the responsibility to step up and try and, and help people through it. And it's interesting because it's not just people on like the left end of the spectrum that are doing this. And I think they get a lot of the, the, the arrows slung in their direction. And I am very critical of the extremes on the on the left end of the political spectrum but it's the right are doing the same thing you mm -hmm. know and and i i get just as many just as many people you know disliking what i'm trying to do uniting and stuff like that when i am critical of the right and i've had candace owens people you know 
message me and say that, you know, I've written to, to Instagram to cancel you and stuff like that because I wrote to Candace Owens and I said, essentially, you know, publicly on like a comment, some essentially like, Candace, you're not wrong about a lot of these things, but your, your method of delivery is off and you're just preaching to the choir and you're not, you're actually dividing. And I don't think that's what you intend to do. You know, recommend you, you know, you, you should listen to Jonathan Haidt and look at the moral foundations and how can you reach out to people that have these different moral taste buds than you do, et cetera. And all of these conservatives who call people snowflakes and stuff like that, oh, my kids are being great, um, are, uh, are, they reach out to me and they say, like, how dare you tell a black woman what to do? Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, wait, what? Like, wait, you're bringing, like, you're, you're playing that game? Like, yeah. like, oh, you, you know, like you straight white man are telling this black woman what to do. And I was like, oh, like people from Turning Point USA and Breitbart are telling <laughs> you that. Like you're playing the same game. So it's, it's, it is the extremes. And I think that people are so convinced that they're right. It's all of that kind of stuff that you're talking about. It's all of the, the you know, the height research stuff and, 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 and elsewhere. And it's just, it's just, it's so myopic. It's so yes. short-sighted in in understanding you know people it's super it's one dimensional and and very flat and wooden and rigid all of those things it it is and uh that's why i appreciate what you're doing you're doing what you're doing i think you're you sound like the kind of guy that do this in your just day-to-day relationships or whatever you might be the guy in the conversation or friend group just playing devil's advocate all the time or you know whatever right so it's like like nuts because i'm always (laughs) i'm always looking at i mean it's like my my podcast is cylinder radio like the idea that it's from a different angle it's a circle from different so i'm always always looking at what am i missing here what's the lesson here what's the other side and i'm sure it's really exhausting she tells me so so i'm sure it's very exhausting that i just can't i'm always you know a contrarian you Mm -hmm. know just i'm trying to understand it better and i I just think that it's important to understand these issues better and and, uh i'm yeah that's just the way my brain works and it really works like that now because i've been exercising it so much well, and that's, but that's so good. Like you, you need that exercise. You need the rhythm and pattern of it to like, well, sort of to know yourself a little bit better, but also to see and test out what works and what doesn't work because where you're doing this, I'm sure you're doing it in your relationships, like we're saying, but you're doing it. You obviously you're doing it towards your wife with to her chagrin, but you're doing it also um, in this online space on social media, which algorithmically speaking, and just the way it is patterned and set up is it's, it's to squeeze out a contrarian or to squeeze a contrarian into sort of an ideological box. Like the either or sort of us and them thinking is heavily incentivized through social media, heavily incentivized. Um, and, and then the algorithm sort of feeds you into an echo chamber of us, you know, which isn't great either. And them and both, right? So um, I appreciate what you're doing in going into that space, sort of resisting the push and pull, but also, um, staying there instead of just doing the kind of i'm just going to get out you know abolishing you know is is an option but reforming is probably a better option so glad you're doing it i've thought about it because it does take up time i'm not getting paid for it like it's 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 it it is a strange way to spend i mean it's it's a couple hours a day sometimes you know and like it's like what am i doing but i should be you know spend more time i spend time with my kids obviously but i should be spending more time with my kids i should be just like unplugged it causes me stress it causes all this kind of stuff what am i doing but again i just i i I would love to hitch my trailer to someone else who's who's doing this especially in education and everything but Mm -hmm. there's just not a lot there's not a lot of people that are doing it and um 
and that's frustrating. Or maybe there are, and I don't see them because I have, I don't know, maybe like 3,000 followers, which is incredible. It's weird to call them followers, but um, <laughs> I have like 3,000 people who are looking at the account, which is amazing. But like, it was a grind where if I just go out in the street and throw a pie in someone's face, I would have 100,000 followers. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's very frustrating. I can play that game. I mean, because I know it very well, I know I've, I've been teaching government and um, political theory and stuff like that for 15 years. Like I know this stuff well. I can, I could, you know, really jump on to Turning Point USA and just like knock it out of the park. Or I could really jump on to an extreme, you know, left wing stance and just just smash conservatives. I really could, but it's just like that's that's just not something that I'm going to do. And it's not, I'm not into this to be insta famous or turn that into a career necessarily. I'm just looking for just trying to do some just do something positive. You know, I yeah. just think people are thirsty for it. It seems like it. It's just trying to, I just have to try and elevate what I'm doing. So, so it gets to a higher platform so I can just try and do it. And then there'll be people who are better than me at it. I'm sure that can, you know, follow kind of like the, the pattern maybe. And then it'll, it'll start to grow like ripple effects, like you said. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And not to add um, or to go too deep on theology with it, but you mentioned like sort of like an idea of God's work with what you're up to and there is something to that. If you take it at the, uh, even just at a philosophical level um, within the Christian idea of God, it's this trinity of a unity of Father, Son, and Spirit. Or we might say, um, John says at least, that God is love. And he means by that, like, the way Augustine interprets that is that you have a lover in the Father, the beloved in the Son, and the love communicated in the Spirit. And you have a unity of being, and there's sort of an invitation into that unity of being through Christ, right? So you were invited into a unified relationship of love. And that's why it's called a ministry of reconciliation. That's what the Christian faith is called, um, among other things. But that's one of its primary identities, a ministry of reconciliation. And then you start looking at, okay, so then what is sin or what is the opposite of that? And it's Cain and Abel. Uh, you know, it's literally hating the a fellow image bearer, someone else who images that unity so much that you'd be willing to kill not just your ideal, but kill your fellow image bearer. It's Tower of Babel. It's, uh, it's inverted hierarchies and divisiveness, like literally dividing. It's all of these things. And, um, and so it is in so many ways, uh, yeah, God's work to try and do this like ministry or work of reconciliation to provide spaces and habitats for um, humanizing to happen. Um, because, yeah, there is something to, we're all image bearers. We're all image and image. We all have equality in that respect. We've got to uphold that. There's got to be something there. And so um, I appreciate that's what you're doing. Um, yeah. yeah I, mean, I love, I love apologetics. I got really into it like a year or two ago and just like my background is not, you know, in, in faith or anything like that. And um, you know, I haven't read a ton of the Bible just like, you know, like this, like cracking it open in scripture, but like, I, I, I know it. I grew up Christian, you know, going to church, kind of going through the motions a little bit. And then I've gotten more and more into faith. Um, but it's just like, I can make those connections really well. And, and that just is feeding me like there's, okay, then, then what I'm doing is there's something to it. There's, I can see this happening. Like, just like you said, like, I can see this story. This is what it looks like in the real world. So what are the lessons from here? How do I bring that in the real world? It's a good, I, I just say that like, um, like Christianity is, is just like my operating system. It's like, it's like my OS. And so if I look at things through that lens, it kind of helps me to go out. And I don't, I don't talk about faith or anything on my Instagram because I think that there is um, a risk to that of turning people off. 
I know from a lot of my life, if I heard that someone, if there's music playing, I was like, oh, this is good music. And then someone's like, oh, it's a Christian band. Then all of a sudden it sounds bad. Like, it just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I just, I just was turned <laughs> off by that. Um, where I, I think, so I, I'm, I'm careful to do that. But I, I do think that a lot of the ideas that I'm pushing are, are you know, Judeo-Christian, Christian, you know, whatever it is, are, you know, have a, have a faith element to it. I just kind of have to be surreptitious a little bit about the way that I go about it. Yeah, right, right. So let's, um, I, I mean, I've, I've used some of these phrases before on my show, but I haven't actually dove in, for those who don't know, dove in too deep into um, one, moral foundations theory, and two, this idea of heterodoxy, which you're, you're part of, uh, are you like a volunteer lead for Heterodox Academy or you're doing something with them, right? Yeah, so I am, so I, th when I heard about them, I was like, that's a group I wanna be a part of, right? Mm -hmm. So I, you know, reached out to them, turned out you needed a terminal degree, so you need like a PhD or a doctorate. Don't have that, I just have a bachelor's degree from like a state school in Pennsylvania, so I was like, oh, that stinks. So I wrote to them and then wrote to them again and wrote to them again and then wrote to them again and then made a connection to someone who knew someone uh, at the top of Heterodox Academy, Deb Mashik. And then I asked her for a favor. Then she said, okay. And then, and then finally I got on a Zoom call with them and I convinced them that, look, when you're only focusing on people with PhDs and people at the college level, you are missing a lot because these kids are getting this, this really politicized education from K through 12. They're, you're already losing. You gotta focus on K through 12. So then they offered to have me moderate the uh, K through 12 education community on Facebook. There's like a discussion group. And um, that connected me to uh, Sam Hedges, who is my co-moderator now. Um, she's like on the policy side, uh, on like the classroom side. And then we kept pushing for like, well, this needs to be opened up to memberships. And now just like two months ago, they opened up membership to um, all educators. So K through 12 educators. So I'm taking- Great ownership over pushing that. I think it's really, really important. So I'm, I'm fairly involved. I, I don't have like a formal job with them because I just, I just don't have the time <laughs> and right now. But Sam does now, they, they picked her up and Great. helping. I've read, written like blogs for them and I just try and direct people to the organization because I think it's really important. Again, not something I'm getting paid for. I'm <laughs> giving a lot of my time away, it seems. No, but it's, um, there's something to, um, well, you're inviting people into an environment where a lot of what you're up to and trying to do online can happen more, which is just good. Like, so that's a win in and of itself, even if you're not, um, that's not your only thing, even if all you're doing is saying, you should get around more people like this. That's good, that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. people are so scared too. Like I forget that how scared people are that like, even in even like a private Facebook group, they like won't talk about like the pushback that they wanna to give towards some of these ideas that are under the guise <sighs> of social justice and stuff like that. They're, they're, people are scared. So I think giving them a place where they can be around people, a safe space, for lack of a better term, people to be like, yeah, just say what's on your mind. If it's a bad idea, we'll direct you to explain to you why it's a bad idea and things like that. And it's just like, it's to a lot of people, a lot of educators and stuff. They're just like, oh, this is so nice. I don't have to be terrified that if I say something that's perceived as racist, I could lose my job. Yeah, you know, yeah, which is, yeah. Thing back to the Cain and Abel, it's like, it's canceling, it's canceling of livelihood. It's canceling of like a human. It's crazy. You know, that you're, you're, you could be canceled at that level. Um, to where, yeah, you, it would be hard to work, you know, that's, that's a, anyway, that's, that, that is terrifying. So like, I, I always want to give like, um, I always want to be careful in my judgment or my moralizing of people that don't want to put the risk out there and do some of the things that you're doing, you know, because as much as, 
you say there's got to be others that are doing it. Obviously there is, but there's not a lot, dude. So um, there's not a lot doing what you're doing, especially in your role uh, as an educator and whatever else, which is the worst thing in the world. That's the one place it should be happening the most, in my opinion. And so I might be, I might be the most, this is so strange too. I might be the most like outwardly, you know, pushing for heterodox ideas and pushing back on social justice, the most vocal teacher, school teacher in, in the country. Yeah. I, well, as far as I can see, yes, that's true for sure. And uh, yeah. And not for lack of, I'm in, I'm in Oregon. So I'm in an environment where there is a lot of that noise and it is, um, I don't know how to put it. It's kind of constraining. It puts people into boxes to where even if someone is kind of where you were at, like at different points where it's like, okay, there's some things here that I want to affirm, but I want to be critical about like three things out of the 10, you know, they can't, yeah. like they, they cannot do it without the risk of, or at least the perceived risk of canceling or whatever, you know? And so, yeah, it's, um, it's so unfortunate because then what you end up having is not an actual person, you know? Um, and I, again, this is where I'm moralizing too much, but, but basically you have someone who is now a performative actor, like mm -hmm. acting, reacting to someone who's maybe being a performative actor. They themselves have to become a performative actor to sort of like walk on eggshells, not really be who they are, say who they are in so many ways. And that is, it's, a, it's so debilitating. It's not, a, it's not a way to be fully human, that's for sure. It's also like, because I'm a history teacher too, and I've taught world history, US history and stuff. And like totalitarian, I think um, Douglas Murray has talked about this, the author, but like there's totalitarian movements, that's how they operate, is they get you to agree to things that you know to be false. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a very, it's like a hot button issue. And I've had three different transgender people on my podcast to talk to them about this stuff. And I love talking to trans people. I've talked to a bunch of them about this. And they, they are like any other person. They vary widely in their beliefs um but when you say things that are like you know like jk rowling or something like that you know like that is a very interesting thing because if you say like men can menstruate or something like that just to pick out one and yeah you know you can unpack that and i would love to and i love having the conversations about what that means and what does it mean to be identified as and all that kind of stuff but when you say stuff like that without that even without the nuance you just say like well of course you can just you know say whatever like once you agree to saying something that you know to be false, then you can kind of agree to anything, mm -hmm. you know, and that's how these, that's how this all happens. Jordan Peterson, his issue that he brought up with that C-16 bill, it wasn't about, he said from the very beginning, it wasn't about trans people. The way I explain this to my class is like, um, that thing that you, that when it's raining outside and you put it up above your head, what's that thing called? No. An umbrella? Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, if the government says you no, so you don't call it a rain shield and they're like laugh like no no one calls it a rain shield it's like right so if the government says you have to call it an umbrella that's wrong because what if you want to just call it a rain shield if you can get fined or arrested or jailed for calling it something else that's a problem it's compelled speech that goes back to our supreme court in the 1940s said that's wrong has nothing to do with trans. The problem is it gets in through trans. It gets in through anti-racism. It gets in through all this stuff because how could you ever agree with anti-racism? It's the most beautiful concept in the world. Social justice, you know, like, like trans rights, you know, humanity, all of these words are so wonderful and beautiful. That's how totalitarianness has to come in. It can't come in through, you know, goose stepping like it did in the nazis it has to get in through something that's perceived to be 
beautiful, benevolent, kind, etc. Because how else would you get people behind a totalitarian movement? Yes. That, that's, that's what I see happening. And that's the, the fear. And so to do that, you have to push back again, these things that are labeled so beautifully, which is why you get attacked. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, well, in this was before we were in like an actual COVID pandemic, which you are right now in 2020. But I, I, I was saying for a long time, and I don't remember, I have very mixed opinions, especially today with like someone like Dave Rubin, but he was one who was saying something like, I think he kept calling it a bravery epidemic that we were in right now. And I was just co-opting that and saying it to everyone. Like we are in the middle of like a bravery epidemic where, um, and again, that might be moralizing too hard because I understand people need to work. Like they need their job. And if they are, you're in LA of all places. So you're sort of proving the stereotype wrong in a sense, but it's like, if you're genuinely worried about losing your job and you got kids to feed, like, yeah, maybe look the other way on some things, you know, and just kind of bite your tongue and get through it. So I want to give some space there, but I also want to say like a handful of people like doing brave things like meeting in coffee shops or meeting on social media and having like nuanced conversations that aren't like the goofy tribalistic swings in the other way, let's say on like a social justice thing. And all of a sudden it's MAGA, MAGA, obnoxious stuff. Uh, you could have a nuanced conversation somewhere out loud and it would be so refreshing. Like that was my encouragement to people. Like you will find like some life in that moment because you'll, you'll realize like you're, how performative you're being like most of the time, you know, and how much of just uh, Jordan going back to him, he talks about it as ideological possession. And I think that is a good way of thinking of it. That idea of like you become possessed by an ideology such that you become an actor. Basically, you're not, you're not the interesting person that you normally could be. Um, because you're predictable and, and predictability like that isn't even fun. It's not, it's not interesting. It's not engaging. It's not, it's not very fun. Right. And so anyway, there's so much about it, but um, at the risk of rambling, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I don't want to just dunk on people that aren't doing it, but we did seem to be and seem to be right now in this bravery epidemic. And I think if people just have the conversations like you're having, it'll solve a lot of it. Really I hope so. I hope it eases yourself in. You realize that, like, I've been called every name possible on social media. I've had people threaten to beat me up and stuff like that. Like, it's fine. I mean, and like, you know, I, the, uh, I went to Poland, like, the spring of 2019. And, uh, and I did, like, a tour with a bunch of Orthodox Jews. It was, I was the only, like, non-Jewish person there. I was, like, 60 Orthodox Jews and rabbis and stuff. We toured all of the camps. Hmm. And we taught, I mean, it was heavy That's just, okay yeah. and um, and one of the we th one of the things we did then we talked to a couple of what they call i think it was called um like righteous gentiles which were the people who hid jews like in their attic and stuff like that and and most of us think i would do that and this i think jordan pierce has brought this up too like no no you you probably wouldn't if you can't risk being called a racist then you're not going to risk your life with the gestapo you know what i mean like and yeah. i think that that's that's probably why I, I like following like actual brave guys, actual like hardened guys, you know, Jocko and da uh, 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 David Goggins and people like that, Tim Kennedy, these guys that have like been in warfare. I have friends who are veterans who have been in, you know, been in war. And I have friends that are like actual brave people, like people who have risked their lives and taken lives and all that kind of like really harsh stuff that, I'm not, I'm not that scared. I do martial arts and I've, you know, trained a lot with like professional fighters. I've been punched in the face like a thousand times. So like, 
even if someone's threatening to beat me up, it's like, all right, well, that's kind of my hobby. So cool. Like, I think that I'm in a unique situation where, you know, I, I'm at a school that supports what I'm doing, which is really rare. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at, my wife is just an awesome entrepreneurial hustler. So I'm not worried about losing, you know, if I do lose my job, I'm not worried about my kids being starving. Um, I have a background in just like, you know, in some level of, of martial arts and things like that. So I'm not super worried about, you know, getting beat up. Like I'm just, I'm in a, a unique spot, which is again, going back to why I'm doing this is I have these things where I'm, I'm not as easily cancelable or the, the fear that I have is less. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, you know, courage is something when there's fear and you decide to do it anyway. If you're not scared, it's not nearly as brave. No, that's ignorance, scared. actually. That's like getting yeah. burned by the stove because it was hot and you just didn't know any better. That's not. Yeah. yeah. I have some of that, though. Like, that's, that's <laughs> part of it. It's like, I'm not, like, people say to me a lot, like a lot of teachers, I mean, almost daily, like, wow, you're so brave to do this. Yeah, I would be more brave if my wife didn't, you know, wasn't able to still make money, even though her salon shut down. I'd be more brave if my school was like out to get me. But I'm in a fairly comfortable spot that I'm not, I'm not super, super concerned. And that's a part of the reason why I'm able to do it. And I'm not nearly as, not me being humble, it's just the truth. I'm not nearly as brave as it would be for a lot of other people in my position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, um, this might be, um, looking to wrap up here a little bit um, in a moment, but we kind of, we defined out a little bit. I said, I'd love to define a couple of terms with you because you're a good one to do this with because you're doing work with Heterodox Academy. So you sort of explained a lot of your interaction with them, but um, if you, do you have an elevator pitch for like what is Heterodox Academy or what is that, even, what does Heterodox even mean for those who don't know, especially those may, maybe on the faith side and they're like, I thought we were supposed to be like Orthodox, like what's going on? <laughs> what, yeah, you yeah. know, what's this other Dox thing? So explain that if you can. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I even had someone say like, oh, is this viewed as like a, like a homophobic thing? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, what it is, is this idea, and Jonathan Haidt, who, who you know, founded it, he's the one who discovered that morality is, is different based on brain chemistry and things like that. So essentially, it's the opposite of orthodoxy and dogma and stuff like, and, and things along those lines, where, you know, let's, Let's recognize that, you know, one of their like key like um, phrases is great minds don't always think alike. Mm. And this idea that we need the yin yang, we need people with the left kind of thinking, the more like, you know, left brained, you know, like conscientious box people, the right brain people, the kind of free flowing, you know, open borders type of type of thing. Um, and we need both of those. We need liberal ideas, progressive ideas, and we need conservative ideas. And the Heterodox Academy was started because the faculty at uh, major universities, well, the balance was off. Um, some of the universities are like 17 to one of you know, registered Democrats to Republicans and things like that. Wow. So what you're getting is you're really missing, I think Brown University is like 30 to one. Man. So mm -hmm. it's like Brown Lowry, <laughs> the only conservative. But, uh, but, the, but what, the, what it is, is you're missing then, you're pushing these morals that are just not very robust. You know, it's one side of this. And these kids are going to these, you know, brilliant universities and coming out with a, an understanding that isn't fully flushed out. And that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And part of why we look at institutions and institutions are failing. You know, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, those are like, those were like the, those were like the media institutions and they're, they're not trusted now. 
you know, the, the fake news concept, it has merit to it because they, they say things that are not true often and they're so ideologically possessed. And that's because the people who go to, the, go to those institutions um, are products of these universities that have just, this is just the way that it is that you don't know any better other than just like the way you see morals. So what it's sort of a, it's but, like a, it's like a strict orthodoxy within, you have these institutions that are essentially training in a strict orthodoxy and heterodoxy is trying to say, we need a balance to this sort of strictness yeah. because what we're outputting is contributing to the world. It's, it's creating a new orthodoxy or neo-orthodoxy or something. Yeah, yeah. And now what we have is like all the people in these institutions, the main biggest institutions in media, in, uh, in politics and stuff like that. Um, and, and in academia are all on the left. So you have a lot of people, whether it's working class or whatever it is, not in those institutions saying like, no, that's wrong for all of these reasons. And that's getting a lot of traction clearly because look who's in the White House. There's a guy who- Is a reaction. The, yeah, despite <laughs> yeah. the fact that he was, you know, this New York rich Democrat his whole life, a lot of people saw in him like, okay, he's gonna represent us because no one else seems to. So that's just going to add to this polarization and heterodox Academy, you know, started years ago is saying we need to get more of that balance back. So let's yeah. just, let's talk, let's just talk it out. And there are members who are conservative members who are, you know, liberal members who are progressive. It's really awesome. And members who are black and white and Muslim and Christian and all kinds of stuff. And it's just like, let's, let's, let's talk out ideas. It's a very primitive idea. It's a very basic idea. Of like, let's talk. <laughs> talk things out and let's share ideas and let's get to the best of them. Yeah, yeah. it's a novel idea because what you were talking about there, um, this is, are you familiar with John Bravaki at all? He's a, he's a psychologist. He's actually, he's a psychologist uh, or he works in cognitive psychology, but also cognitive science at University of Toronto, actually. So he's like a contemporary of Jordan Peterson um, there. They have overlapping departments, but he's, he's a very interesting thinker. You should check him out on some stuff. Um, we were talking and on the one hand, you could talk like at the level of the way a business operates. It needs to have a level of heterodoxy to the way you're talking. It needs to have the person who can be the entrepreneur, who can be the sort of uh, forward edge thinker, the more imaginative driven person, see outside the box, all of those stereotypes, right? You need that person, but you also need someone who isn't going to cook the books, who isn't going to go outside of the lines on accounting, who can like manage a staff and isn't going to leave them high and dry um, for the next big thing. Like you need both and you could conceptualize those two just very basic everyday realities for running an organization or a business as like you know a political affiliations like you know someone who's more progressive would probably be more of an entrepreneurial type um and this gets to the moral foundations idea it's just kind of how they see the world it makes common sense to them right but they need that balance of the other to to really contribute to something that like can last and can be uh positive or just beneficial right Otherwise, if everything was all entrepreneurs, a business would die, all conservatives, it would never adapt, change, improve, right? That's the idea. So that's interesting. So people sort of function in these ways. But then what's so cool about John Bervaki is he's bringing it into uh, sci science and psychology, right? Into the way your brain works. You were getting into this a little bit, which is making me think about it. Our brains work on, he calls it opponent processing. Right. So your brain works in an opponent processing way. There's a part of your brain that's always kind of acting and saying this is how the world is. And there's a part of your brain that's always trying to account for and deal with anomalies. And they're in this constant tension with each other, which is good. Like that tension's good. 
it makes you like a person who can be more fully human when both of those are operating at a full capacity. But it's an opponent processing. And he said, what we're getting into now is adversarial processing. So now we're turning into, for ourselves, we're being like one brain or the other, basically. Um, but then as human beings, if that makes sense, we're just operating on one system instead of both, right? Um, and there's really interesting ways to think about that, Will, all the way down to a phenomenological level of, if you think of your heart and your lungs, they're always in this opponent processing too. There's a give and take within your own body of sort of a life giving and a life taking that's happening within yourself 24 seven. And that's how your brain is basically working. That's how human beings tend to operate. And it's, you need both in every way like you're talking about. And wow. almost at every level of reality, you need both, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. literally balance. I mean, that's, and, and that's, that it's, it's stable. Balance is stable. I mean, it's yeah. all like the very basic stuff of physics. It's, it's everything, you know? And, and when we talk about like orthodoxy, that goes for like, you know, like you said, like if someone is a, is a Republican, I'm a Republican capital R or a Democrat capital D, like, you know, where they stand on all of these issues. Yeah. You said it's boring. It's boring. And if you step outside of that, you're, 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 you're axed. Like yes. you can't, you can't, I mean, you, you, and you look at examples of that, like, like Tulsi Gabbard or someone like that who abstains from voting against, you know, impeaching or um, uh, Mitt Romney who, who um, voted to impeach and like, Nope, you're out. You're out of the club now. <laughs> yep. For thinking on your own and, and just looking for a balance within your own, you know, party and the party system has just taken over now where it's like, it's like you, you, you subscribe to everything we say or you're out and that's who's running the, that's who's running the, the country, you know, on the government level. They, the same thing happened with Barry Weiss when she left uh, New York Times. She said the same thing about right. the New York Times. So it's, our, it's in our media. It's all these things, you know, um, Ben Shapiro wrote a book about Hollywood and Hollywood's the same way. Um, you know, it's very interesting that all of these things that are, that are in, our, in front of us on screens and stuff like that are all, it's one or the other. And there's very, very few that are really, that are really mixed. That mm -hmm. are like, hmm, this has good points, that has good points. I don't know, let's talk, like, that's what I guess I'm trying to be, but there's very few out there that are like that. It would be it would be so lovely, Will, if like when people ask like, "Are you a Democrat or a Republican?" You know, and which is such a silly duopoly and like little binary to play with. But if when people ask that, like, the normal response was, "It depends on the issue or the topic." You know what I mean? It just depends. Like it, it completely depends. Um, and so it, it would be nice if that was like an acceptable answer or even just a normal answer. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I say I'm politically homeless all the time. I said I, I say I hate the party system. I said, you know, there's, there's, there's issues that are, I have like a list actually on my phone. Cause I'm just like trying to organize my own crazy brain. And it's like, these are the things I'm conservative on. These are the things I'm liberal on. These are the things I'm very conservative. These are the things I'm very, you know, um, progressive on. And then I'm always moving things around too. Constantly. <laughs> yeah. I'm my mind on issues all the time. They're very fluid, you know, but I'll defend them. Like, but I'll, but if you convince me otherwise, I'll change my mind like that. Like if, if, if I'm like, wow, you know what? You just gave me an example. I move it from one category to another. I've moved conservative on things. I've moved uh, liberal on things. Like I w I'm going to move to where I think the best place to be is. And that's going to change based on the information that comes to me and the stories that I hear and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And this gets back to the level, the idea of balance, dude. The um, even so balance, balance for society, balance for organizations. But a lot of that starts with the balance of an individual. So knowing yourself, like, this is part of so much of my appreciation for Height's work is, and, and 
Peterson just nuanced it in some ways as well, um, trying to interpret Height's work, I think. But anyway, um, the idea that once you know yourself and you know sort of your leanings, which is kind of what you're doing on your phone, right? You're trying to figure out, like, hey, where am I? Where do I land? There's some fluidity to it, but I'm sure a lot of the things are more fixed or static. So it's like, okay, um, this is me. What's great is you know your leanings, and then when you're in a conversation, you start getting that heat or charge about something, you know, like, oh, wait. I know this is just like my personal conviction and like, you know, I need to listen to this person and you have some nuance here because maybe I'm not getting the full picture. But once you know that, it's weird. Like once you start making those assessments, you start recognizing that stuff as it shows up in conversations online, offline, doesn't matter, right? But you can see that or feel it come out. I don't know, if, does that track for you? You know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah, a little bit. I think it's just, yeah, just as you get those experiences, I think it, it just kind of, you adjust to it. Mm -hmm. yeah, so, yeah. 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 Well, um, I want to share just one, um, brief illustration that I, and sort of an encouragement to you, but maybe a commitment to the listeners. And then I want to let you plug a few of the things you're up to because you have a podcast as well and all the rest. Yeah. So, um, there was someone, um, I know a professor that was sharing this illustration. So I'm, I'm taking it from him, but he's basically saying, if you look at different groups and even subgroups, they tend to organize within hierarchies, right? With, leadership or like figureheads or you know popular voices and you might conceptualize some of those groups that exist in society as like a larger group might be something like democrat on the political spectrum and then within that group there's all these other little peaks and you might say that's a peak because they do organize in a hierarchy right there's sort of leaders and the rest of everybody but then within and underneath those hierarchies you might have like the planned parenthood peak and the and then the nra peak and like all these different peaks within right but like you said, uh, if you, part of that hierarchy is um, someone who basically represents the ideal. And if in any way, shape or form, you as someone within that hierarchy speak in a way that like is outside of that tribe, you're out. Like you said, like you're out. Um, and if you look at that as like sort of a canvas or a group of tribes, right? That's one thing. But if you look at it, if you like reconceptualize it as essentially an iceberg and like these different expressions of humanity, basically, or people trying to figure out humanity, you realize like, oh, underneath that iceberg is all of these common binding things um, and things we can try to negotiate on and figure out like what is beauty, what is good, what is excellent, what is bad, what is evil. Like there's all these things that we can negotiate down on sort of the common humanity level. And I think, I think if we try to address those things, instead of trying to have these kind of arrow flinging matches between the peaks, you know, uh, we get down to that common humanity below. I think, I know social media will be better. I've appreciated following you. So um, I guess my encouragement is on the one hand, thank you, but I hope people follow you there, but don't just follow you. Like, like you said, followers is a weird term. It'd be cool if they actually followed what you're doing and did some of the same things like and you're because you're not challenging people when you do this like i want to do a conversation with you you're like i want to talk to you can we talk like i'm not, not a debate exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and so yeah. it's like i just want to learn from you and maybe you can learn something from me let's let's talk it out so i hope people actually follow you when they do that and i hope that it's on those common humanity things instead of the silly tribal things that divide us because we have so much more in common than we do it's different so yeah. thanks for doing what you're doing dude tell people more about what you're doing Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I just, this, like this tool, I'm holding my phone. Like this tool is such a beautiful way to connect people. Like, like now I can talk to someone, you know, I talk to people from other countries and so I talked to someone from Sweden yesterday. I talked to someone from Australia the other, like last week, like, 
these are people from all over, just even within the states. I've talked to, you know, a black dude in, in Louisiana and then uh, a black woman in, uh, in Chicago. And I talked to a Muslim woman who is in yesterday who was in, um, I forget where she was at, but like, I don't know, like all over the place. Like, it's just so cool. Like you can, when else can you get the chance where our country is divided partially because we're segregated and we have a tool to desegregate us even during a pandemic. This is unbelievable. We're being so foolish with this stuff. And yeah, just genuine curiosity. I love the, um, I think it was a Peter Bogosian thing where it's the, asking the question, why do you think I think what I think? <laughs> Put them like in your shoes. You know, you disagree with me on this. Why do you think I, I think the way that I do? Like, what are your shots? And then, and then they'll say it, like, what are they gonna say? Like, well, because you're an idiot, you know, like, like, no, that's not just why. So, you know, where is it? And so that genuine curiosity, I think, is, is huge. I kind of put these staples together and I'm still working on it. But essentially these concepts of like genuine curiosity, um, intellectual humility, like you might be wrong, and then grace. And I think grace is just a beautiful thing. And that's, I know it's a biblical term and stuff. And I just think it's, it's like with pausing on judgment, you know, I just, I really love that idea. So I, I'm trying to apply those three all the time. Um, but yeah, I have a podcast. It's called Cylinder Radio because like a, like a cylinder, like I have my little, but like from one angle, it's, it's just a circle. The other angle, it's like a rectangle. So it's actually three dimensions. So um, I've had on like um, pro-life feminist and a, an abortion doctor. Hmm. You know, I've had on, um, I have a lot of people that are like weird mixes, like a 14 year old, uh, hardcore MAGA black kid from Georgia. And the people are like, Wait, what? I've had on a conservative transgendered woman. It's like, well, what, 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 what is this? What's going on? It's like, people are complicated. Let's talk yeah. about it. Um, so that's my podcast. I have some cool ones coming out. Um, uh, I also, yeah, it's, it's at Will Roosh is my social media. Um, I just, I'm trying to grow it, which is very weird for me to say, like, I want more followers. You know, how many likes did I get? How many shares? It's very weird because I think that is something that a lot of people, my students and stuff, fall, buy into. But like Viktor Frankl says, when you have a why, that, mm -hmm. that, that's the, the man's search for meaning. Like, I know what I'm doing here. I know why I want more followers. I know why I want this stuff. I'm trying to promote something good, so I have to play that game. And yeah, I mean, I want more people to follow what I'm doing. And if someone goes, you know what? What you're doing, well, I could do it way better than you with more followers. Good. I can retire. I can put my phone away. I'll just support you. I'll shout you out every once in a while. I have to stop making these stupid videos. Um, I've oriented my life where like I welcome competition. Please do this better than me because I would love that. It would open up so much of my day. But until someone does it, I'm doing it. So, um, so I'm trying to grow a platform on the, on on that level. And I would love you know just more support and pushback too. Like if someone says like you're wrong in this, wrong. I've learned so much. I've learned so much just from individuals, way more than I have in a classroom. You so tend to learn more from people you, that disagree with you anyway, because they're willing to, well, say the thing that your friend might not because they want to protect you or whatever their reason might be. So you're going to weed through bad, like there's a lot of like bad arguments too, yeah. but you find good ones in there about why, you know, it's like, you're wrong because you're an idiot. You're wrong. You're a snowflake. You're this, you're, you know, go back to Russia or whatever it is. And then it's all of a sudden like, Oh, wait, here's a, here's like a great one. That's a great point. Wow. I've changed my mind based on people who send me DMS and stuff like that. Dude, yeah. insanely wise words and uh, really cool things that you're doing. That's the, you're the kind of person I, I wrestle with the same tension about sharing uh, what I'm trying to do as well. And 
for similar reasons, but uh, I would say this, you're the kind of person who's worth like following on those things because you're not <laughs> looking for the followers. So yeah, yeah, you're not going to be, uh, you're not selling snake oil. It's, it's really cool stuff that you're doing. So I appreciate it. Um, keep doing it. And anyone that's listening or watching, you should follow and follow you on social, on Instagram for sure. Cause you do a lot of clever posting there. Um, but I, I'll tell you what, I'll subscribe to your podcast too. I've listened to some of them, but, um, but yeah, I'm going to make sure I do that. Oh, well, thank, thank you, Adam, for inviting me here. I love talking about this stuff and, um, and I, I've, I've appreciated, you know, your, your feedback and stuff on, on social media. And I think that there's a, there's a coalition here of, of a lot of reasonable people that are kind and trying to do, you know, trying to bridge these gaps. And I, you know, I consider you one of them. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of us out there. We just need to reach them. Yeah. Agreed. I want to give you the last word, but dude, to that point, a conviction for myself, something I keep asking myself, but something I've started to ask more people is if at the end of your life, um, are you going to be super concerned with that post you made like four Thursdays ago? You probably can't even remember what it is, right? Um, but you might be able to say, hey, every year I influenced and was influenced by three people, six total. Um, like really influenced, you know, like had a, a, a bit of a life changer paradigm shifting experience with three people. And then I influenced three people. That's, that's a way better way to be sitting on your deathbed to be talking about that than to be thinking through like the reactionary kind of arrow slinging stuff that a lot of us do online. So I'd rather play the game that you are. So thanks for inviting it and making it happen. Um, anything you want to share with anyone before we go? Um, no, I just, I guess, yeah, there's what I tell my students all the time is like, you know, you, do you have something better to do than try to make the world a better place? Like, doesn't that seem like you, you don't have, you don't have anything better to do. So maybe it's a, maybe it's whether it's in a, a small way or a, or a big way, the micro or the macro, just to make it, make it a little bit better. Is, I don't know. So, so it's worth pursuing, pursuing all kind of roads to try and figure that out. Great. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for sharing your time. Appreciate right. you. Yeah. Later. Thank you.